0: Amen. Amen. And so today, I'm going to start a a series for us on the significance of the child mentality in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Our desire is to go forward. Our desire is to advance. Our desire is to progress. Our desire is to mature. We're talking about going forward. We're talking about progress. We're talking about maturity. We're talking about advancement. You know, we're talking about... Everything that will make us take step-by-step movements in Christ as believers, amen. Amen. So going forward should not just be, you know, limited to changing your physical status, you know, maybe promotion at your workplace, or, you know, uh, a new house, you know, a new apartment, or getting married, or don't limit your understanding of going forward, amen. Amen. We need to look at this aspect very importantly because it was a situation that God, Jesus Himself had to address while He was here on Earth. So it's not a it's not a, a topic of uh, you know maybe because an apostle said it this way or an apostle, another apostle said it this way. So we don't know how to create a balance, or we have to now work on creating a balance between what so, so and so apostle said or so and so. This is a discussion or a situation that Jesus himself handled. Amen. Amen. And we're going to be looking at... uh, Okay, so let me start by reading to us the scripture in Psalms, chapter 131. Psalms 131. We'll read from verse 1 to 3. Psalms 131. It says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Verse to says, Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is winged of his mother. My soul is even as a winged child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forward. Ever. This is David speaking here. Amen. Amen. And then the apostle uh, Paul in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 says, Be of the same mind, one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own concept. So the question is going to be: what are high things that we shouldn't concern ourselves about? Amen what are those things that when you focus on them when you make them your business they they, they they impede your movement if at all they don't you know stop you from moving by the grace of god we've been understanding the operations of delay since the beginning of this go forward conference and we thank god for the revelation there are things that we do you know that's Causes delay in the life of a believer, which is not meant to be. From what we have learned, Jesus settled the matter of delay for us on the cross. So, as believers, we, you know, it's not shouldn't be normal to experience delay. If it's not a process you are going through, if it's a delay, then it shouldn't be for the believer. And we, I mean, yesterday's teaching was powerful. If you were not available, but if you're not, you know, on ground to listen. Please go to the Grace Life Podcasts, Grace Life Coming Podcast, to listen to the teaching of, you know, facts, just start from day one, day two, day three and you know, take them together so for deeper and better understanding. There is what we can do as believers to take back, you know, or as we said, impute delay into our lives which is not meant to be. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to, to you know, to, to concern yourself with high matters? You know, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a simpler definition or in a little mm-hmm. way, it could mean that you, you see yourself as too high, too wise, right? You are too good. You know it all. But on a deeper level, it means that you, 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 you are thinking about the things of God that shouldn't be what you should be concerned about. Are we together? Today we hear a lot of arguments that don't help the, our, our life, our new life in Christ. Arguments that are not useful to our maturity in Christ. Those kind of things, we are meant to set them aside. Let them be okay so that we can move forward at the right time in the right uh, with the right pace and don't experience delay when you concern yourself with high matters things that are greater than you things that are you know too wonderful for you to to understand it's like somebody asking eh, who gave birth to god where did god come from where what, what is the color of god's sits? Um, how high is the seat of god you know all those on on questions that are not or you want to know how god is able to straighten a bed's bone you know you want to really analyze how the miracle took place you are concerning yourself with great matters and those kind of matters bring delay to the believer amen, amen. and so we are going to consider a, a situation where the disciples of jesus we're, were almost imputing delay into their system. But Jesus corrected their their you know their mentality, corrected their mindsets before they they, they destroyed their their future work within. Amen. We're going to look looking at the account in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 reading from verse 1 to 5. It says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're going to be looking at the significance of being a little child in the kingdom of heaven. Let's follow this teacher so that we don't, you know, have a misunderstanding or mix up at some point. because. Some who take the scriptures literally choose to then remain as little children all their lives as believers, which is not what God wants us to be. Amen. Amen. So as we as we progress in this teaching, we understand at what stage, okay, or at what in what form are we meant to maintain our little children status? Amen. The phrase little child in the Greek is the word pedo. And it's defined by Thea and Strong, so I'll start with the Thea definition, as a young child, a young, a little boy, a little girl, an infant, children, little ones, of more advanced child, of a mature child, and metaphorically, it's defined as children in internet, being childlike in Amen. Amen. And the strong Dictionary defines this as a, ch- a child of either sex, either male or female, or by extension, a half-grown boy or girl, and uh, figuratively as an immature Christian. An immature Christian. I'm going to be staying on the immature Christian definition for this teaching. Amen. God wants us to mature immaturity would bring delay into the life of a believer amen. amen and preventing from moving forward possessing the land possessing the the nations possessing all that God has intended for the believer amen, amen. so we have to be careful we keep singing cross Growth in the spirit, you know, spiritual growth, maturity—all these things mean the same thing. Don't be the same believer you were when you came to Christ. You have to change levels. Now the disciples of Jesus asked him a question: Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, when I when I when I settled on this scripture, it just occurred to me: Why in every sake, where the disciples? concerned about who was the greatest in the of him. Especially if they knew that Jesus or knowing that Jesus, you know, is not of this world, you know, they worked with him, uh, with, so, some of them had the experience of transfiguration, you know, prior to this questioning that they came to ask him. So they knew that he was not just the kind of men that they were at that time. So, Were they seeing themselves that, there are possibilities that there would have been, you know, Jesus' rank was different and then the ranks of disciples were different, you know? But this is something that we can categorize as concerning yourself with matters greater than you. Let's see how Jesus reacted to this question. In his response, Jesus demonstrated to them what it takes to be the greatest Instead of answering them who was going to be the greatest, Jesus took them to, instead of thinking of the personality that will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, concern yourself on what it takes to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Which also demonstrates to us or reveals to us that we can all be the greatest in the kingdom of God, if we do what it takes. Amen. Amen. Now, a show that Jesus wants us to be demonstrative, practical, and, and be physical manifestations of what the kingdom of heaven is all about. It's also a show. That is why he explained to them, he demonstrated to them, he practicalized to them what it takes, you know, to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to analyze Jesus' response. We see, we, got, we go back to um, verse, verse 3 and verse 4 of the same, uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 18. Amen. Amen. Now in his response, let's go back there again. In his response, Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, one, and become as little children, two, Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Three. And then first four is whosoever shall humble himself as this little child. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is equals to I'm going to give you an equation. Is equals to who? One who is converted, one who has become like a little child, like little children, one who has entered into the kingdom of heaven and then for one who is humble like little children amen Amen. therefore for better understanding of Jesus' response let us consider these four points individually and today god helping us i hope we'll be able to take two of the points Amen. amen so let's consider ye be converted Ye be converted. This phrase is the term strephu in the Greek. And it means to turn, to turn around, to turn oneself, that is to turn back to one of one who, is no, who no longer cares for another. Amen. Amen. That's Thea's definition. Another definition by Thea metaphorically, okay, for stressful means to turn oneself from one's course of conduct. That is to change one's mind. Now, this Greek term finds its origin from the word trope, which means a turning, that is, a revolution. A revolution. Now, Strong also defines it as to twist or reverse. Literally or figuratively, to convert, to turn again, to turn back, you know, to turn oneself about. Amen. Amen. Now, I want us to hold on to the, the metaphorical definition of year be converted as being to revolutionize. Amen. Revolution. The, the Webster, dictionary, Webster dictionary defines revolution as what? With respect to turning, because we're talking about turning turning. How do we turn as humans? How do we turn as, as, as a man? Amen. How do we turn as, you know, those who are now in Christ, how do we turn? Let's have this understanding from our English dictionary also. It says, a sudden, radical, or complete change. B says, a fundamental change in political organization, especially the overthrow or renunciation of one government or ruler, and the substitution of another by the governed. So, you know, in the political scene, we can decide to unseat a president, and that's what we call, uh, um, what's that word? No, not coup. Uh, they can decide to impeach. impeach, yes. So they can decide to impeach a sitting president, right, if the government feels that we don't like this government for some reasons. If they are able to bring out their reasons before the bodies in, in, in charge of impeachment and the scale through, then they can remove that that person who is governing at the point. Amen. At that moment, they are no more satisfied. Now, also, to, 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 to experience revolution means an activity or movement designed to effect fundamental changes in the social economic situation of a person, or a society, or a group of people. Amen. A fundamental change in the way of thinking about or visualizing something. In other words, we call it a change of paradigm. Amen. And then uh, a changeover in use or preference, especially in technology. Uh, You know, some cars, instead of, you know, I have an old car, and instead of spending some big cash to get a new car, I decide to. Probably spend half of the money I would have used for a new car to revolutionise the old car I have. You know, uh, when I revolutionise my car it means I'm giving my car a changeover. I'm changing the engine, probably changing the car seats. I'm uh, you know I'm repainting the car. I'm spraying it afresh. You know, changing the mirror, the headlamp. You know, just giving it a new look. Praise the Lord. All right. So with this understanding, with these definitions we have. Jesus said, except he be converted, what does he mean? We are going to be using this definition to understand what Jesus means. First and foremost, we must understand that Jesus was saying there must be a turning. So instead of concerning yourself about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, concern yourself with, am I, am I turned? Have I turned? Have I experienced a turning? Have I been revolutionized? Amen. One who desires to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven must first of all experience a sudden, radical, and complete change. A sudden, radical, and complete change. At new birth, we experience this complete change. Understand that when the disciples were with Jesus, they were not yet new creatures. Why? Because Jesus had not yet died. Amen. So they didn't even know that there was something about being new creatures before they were concerning themselves about, you know, the experience of the new creature because the kingdom of heaven is the experience of the new creature, not for all mankind. Amen. Amen. So, at New birth we experience this complete change that we understand from the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, five, seventeen. Amen. Amen. There is a difference between a changeover experience and a complete change experience. A changeover is not eternal right but a complete change experience is eternal the new creature status is eternal it is not temporary amen it doesn't fade away it doesn't elapse it doesn't expire it is eternal and um, it's not a faith that we transition into you know as condition demands you know like unfortunately we see some believers today on sunday they are new creatures, you know, in their piousness, in their, in their devotion, and then on Monday, they drop devotion, they drop their piousness, and there's something else entirely, time, and the world is confused as to who these Christians are, are, are exactly, amen, because of their lifestyle. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, we don't, the new creation status is not one that should be confused as a status that can be transitioned, as conditions demand. You know, some people say, I had to do to the, there was no food in the house, so I just had to succumb and do it so that I can get some money to eat. That is not the life of a new creature. So we should first consider our turning before thinking about our greatness. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now from definition also we go to the next understanding, which is that there must be an overthrow of the Lordship of the God of this world. When you turn, you know, when you you choose to be a child of God, then you must also choose to overthrow the Lordship of the God of this world in your life. A renunciation of the kingdom of darkness and all there is to it. We hear of believers who still use one bangles or one chain or one, you know, one nice something that was given to them by one of their well-meaning grandmothers or well-meaning aunties in the village. You know, it, 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 they, they call it, it, it doesn't affect, it doesn't, it doesn't change me being a Christian. You know, I can't I can't just tell auntie you, I can't just tell mom you. And, I mean, I don't bow down to anything, I don't make sacrifices, I just put it on. We have to totally let go. Uh, say no to the Lordship of the God of this world. Amen. Amen. Is it And the substitution of the nature of sin with the nature of righteousness of God. That is what we experience when we come to Christ, when we revolutionize and we are in Christ. Praise the Lord. We can get this understanding from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and Acts chapter 26 verse 18. We won't be able to read all that because of our time. Amen. The next definition is, or the next understanding from our definition is that there ought to be a fundamental change in the way of our thinking. In the way of visualizing things now that we're in the kingdom of God. Amen. Our perception ought to change from when we were in the kingdom of darkness and now that we're in the kingdom of God. We must experience these changes. You can't be thinking, you know, maintaining the thoughts of a loser as an unbeliever, And now that you are in Christ, you still have the perception that your future is, you know, is hinged on chances. You have to drop that perception. If truly you want to experience the kingdom of God and be the greatest in the kingdom of God, so we have the understanding that our turning amen, amen. demands a complete change. We must truly be completely changed and become new creatures in Christ. We must overthrow the Lordship of the God of this world. We must change our thinking and perception. There ought to be a change in paradigm in the one who is converted. The paradigm is some, you know, summarily a physiological or philosophical or theoretic, theoretical framework of any kind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, some people have held on to their culture in our place. This is how we do it. Where we are coming from, this how they say. Like, um, uh, we we had our uh, Father, the Lord. I was speaking some few days ago and he was teaching and then he, you know, kind of give an example of some people who are having marital challenges and then you tell them all you need to do is say sorry, say in my place where I'm coming from, we don't say sorry. That is a faulty paradigm In the kingdom of God, no, you don't say that. And we get to understand this. That is why Jesus was asking us to be more of what childlike in our mentality about change in paradigm, Apostle Paul says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating them. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. Satisfying and perfect. In his eyes we'll see that in Romans chapter 12 from verse 1 to 2 i'm using the passion translation we have to stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around us in the family of God in the kingdom of God is a totally new culture you don't bring in your culture you don't continue your culture you have to pick up the culture in the family of God and you only know this culture when you give yourself to study the word of God yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to stop imitating, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Who teaches us this culture? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. You can't hold on to my father's house, our village, our tradition, mm. and still want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. It's not possible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This will empower us to descend God's will. When we give ourselves to the Holy Spirit for our total reformation, our revolution, you see, this revolution is not your will, it's the will of it's the will of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. It is done by the Holy Spirit. And so you have to allow him, you have to allow him do his work of revolutionizing you. Mm. Amen. Just see yourself. I mean, the scripture calls us vessels. And as vessels, we can be likened to a scrap. You know, a kappa, a car, a car that is, you know, the life of the car is actually the yeah. it's in the driver. Yeah. Is it the driver? See yourself as a vehicle and let the Holy Spirit, who is the driver, do all the revolutionizing and, you know, the changes that your inward man needs Mm. to actually fit in in the kingdom of God. All these things are missing in the lives of those believers, you know, in quotes, who are confusing the world as to who they really say they are. You can't be in the kingdom of god and the holy spirit is not transforming you in any way in the kingdom of god our movements our forward movement our advancement is step by step it's not sudden as such our transformation is also step by step you don't remain the same believer you were one month since you came to Christ, something must have transformed in you. If you are not transforming one month, I'm not talking about one year, one month, because I think the years we are giving ourselves is actually causing more delays in our transformation. We should be able to assess ourselves on a daily basis, on a monthly basis. Am I getting better? The way i'm handling issues am i getting better am i still getting angry the way i used to get angry mm. am i still you know using vulgar words the way i was you know it was flowing in my lips mm. or my lips before i came to christ you need to you need to assess yourself and let the holy spirit allow him to do the transformation work in you amen, amen. and then and then the, the, another definition another understanding we drew from the, that definition is that there must be a fundamental change in our socio-economic situation. Most times, following Jesus with the desire to spend eternity with him demands change in our social and economic life. What are we saying? Being converted means that you have chosen to experience a turning that changes your circle. Having Jesus as your chief friend. Your social, economic, social, talking about your social life, right? It must change. It must change. The friends you had before you came to Christ, especially if they are unbelievers. If they don't change, one month into you being in Christ, two months into you being in Christ, three months into you being in Christ, then you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. Your social status is meant to change. Your circle of friends are meant to change. They are meant to change and you know it's comfortable it's it's a good foundation if you start changing your circle of friends and you make jesus your first friend not even the, another believer mm. you know make jesus your first friend want to know more of him so you are more engrossed in knowing more of him through his word not trying to hear from the believer okay this is jesus i just accepted and uh, tell me tell me how he you know, operates. tell me what he says and mm. uh, uh, tell me this uh, more about jesus no Get into this world. Yeah. Make him your chief friend. Yeah. When he's your chief friend, everything else, you know, begins to fall in place. Because, yes, we are all in the kingdom of God. We are all in the family of God. And we have our different understandings. And because of our various, you know, uh, backgrounds and where we are coming from, we, we, are, um, we are all still, you know, being transformed step by step. Praise the Lord. You will come into the family of God and meet believers who probably are still step behind you. You have made them friends. And if you are not careful, they can, you know, pull you back. But if Jesus is your friend, is your chief friend, when you meet such believers who are not yet mature, who are still immature, they will not impede you. They won't cause you delay in your growth. Once you begin to see some some display in them, some manifestations in them that you know, through your friendship with Christ Jesus, that they are not meant to be in the family of God, you will be in a position to correct them. Yeah. You know, it's not a matter of how many months you've been in Christ, it's actually yeah. a, a matter of how much you have availed yourself to Christ, yeah. how much you have availed yourself to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to transform you. Yeah. So if someone says, oh you, shut up. You yeah, are just one month in Christ and you are trying to tell me what is in the scriptures. You let him be. And uh, as, as a brethren, just just pray. pray. Just pray for that brother. There's no need for argument. There's no need for fighting or, you know, exchanging words or trying to explain, you know. We've wasted our time so much in the kingdom of God or in the, in the church, you know, trying to argue the word of God. Those things don't matter. When you see somebody who is immature in his, in his, in his you know, conversation, immature in his, in his attitude, what you do is just let's pray for the Holy Spirit to open his eyes, you know? Don't condemn him or try to explain. Especially if that believer is being manipulated, there is nothing you can do with words. Yeah. And that is why I will always say pray. Pray for fellow believers. Just pray. If you have not prayed, don't talk. Yeah. If you have not prayed, don't try to argue. Don't try to make them understand. Uh-huh. Because it's not going to be you doing it. It yeah. has to be the Holy Spirit transforming them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we made Jesus our chief friend. Your chief friend because you have chosen to do whatsoever he commands you to do. Yeah. John 15 and verse 14. I want to read that. John 15 and verse 14. John 15 and verse 14 says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Praise the Lord. It also means that you have chosen never to have friendship of the world. Okay? Or things of this world. James 4 verse 4 to 6. We can read that on our own. Amen the company you keep also will change as you remain a friend of the Lord Jesus Christ and depending on how you obey his word you know it will reflect in the company you keep you can't be an obedient you know loyal follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and have alcoholics you know Loose and careless persons around you as friends. Yeah. Friends that can sit tell you, it's, "It's, I mean, it's, it's nothing. Let's just go to the bar. All we are going there is to have a nice meal. Yeah. Can't we have a nice meal in my house? Can't we have a nice meal in your house? Or an eatery that is not a bar or a, a you know, a sports like some people call it bar, sport, pub, casinos." must it be those areas do you understand yeah. you have to change your circle they can't remain the same they can't remain the same i'm going to give you these scriptures for your study 1st Thessalonians 3 and verse 14 1st Thessalonians 3 and verse 14 1st Corinthians 5 verse 9 and 11 Acts 10 verse 28 Luke 6 verse 22 Psalms 106 17 to 18 Please read those scriptures for you know deeper understanding of how your social status, your social circle has to change, you know, for you to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. In the area of our economy, okay, in the area of economic changes, when we get converted, we accept the change to be profitable Mm. in the kingdom of God Mm. by increasing in value. Via godliness. Your value increases in the kingdom of God. You want to be the greatest? Then you must seek to increase in value. And this is only done through godliness. Godliness. Amen. Living for God more completely. You must be converted. Means you must be living for God more completely. It's progressive progressive once someone said oh pastor is it possible to wake up in the morning and don't feel like coming to church you are not living for God more completely when you get when you begin to experience that that means that there's something wrong with your conversion and you need to wake up and check it your economic value must change you need to increase in your economic value. You know, once I was we were discussing and pastor and he mentioned something, he said he, I think he read it from, from a or somewhere where a man of God was was saying, How is it that someone who used to be a cultist, you know, gets converted is now in Christ. And he can no more go to the forests, he cannot go to the wilderness to do things for God. Mm. He's now secluded and folding his hands in the church. He can't even go to the streets for evangelism. Meanwhile, when he was in the kingdom of darkness, he could stay in the forest for three days, doing whatsoever his initiation. He could travel distances just to go and execute. But now he's in the kingdom of God. He cannot bring in the same zeal and desire and, and passion to win souls, to go to the eaters. You know, to go to the areas where he knows that I'm sure these old believers who are in church they don't know these places. Mm. I know mm. these places. Mm. We know these places to go for our operation. Mm. I need to take the kingdom of the, the gospel to those areas. Mm. We, when your conversion does not take you to do things in incremental, you know, stages mm. for the Lord, you need to check your conversion status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to check your conversion status. You can't be in Christ and be of low value and your value is diminishing. It's not possible. When that is happening to you, you need to wake up and check your conversion. Conversion is the first stage of you know, talking about whether you are going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. First Timothy four and verse eight will give you an understanding in that we have to increase in our value via godliness, demonstrating the characteristics of God. Praise the Lord! I, I had a, an extensive teaching on this in uh, uh, our know, Sunday services. Uh, it was a series, the living a Christian life. So please, you can go to Anchor, Grace Life call me and um, search out and you know listen to these teachers. They will help you in this aspect. So, as you obey God's words, you exercise the ability to live out God's nature, which is called Holiness. You have to exercise yourself in living out the nature of God. It doesn't come automatically. Yes, we are new creatures when we give our lives to Christ, but it doesn't end there. You need to exercise yourself to bring out this nature of God that you have received. What your spirit man has now become must be exercised to, to manifest in your soul and manifest through your body. Praise the Lord. And the last understanding we get from the definition is that there must be a changeover in our preferences. There must be a changeover in our preferences. When you are converted, your preferences ought to change. Your preferences ought to change. Those things you used to do, you are not meant to keep doing them or enjoy doing them anymore. Praise the Lord. Being converted means total submission to God's will. So are you a believer that is still having problems, challenges with submitting yourself to the will of God? You know, some part of the scriptures is good for you, some part does does not refer to you, some part is not actually talking to you it's just, you know, the, those ones that you're not comfortable with, that means those ones are not for you. Then you still have a problem with your compassion. I thank God for this kind of forum. If you really want to move forward, then you should be someone who is willing to submit to the will of God. We had a little understanding on this in our teaching yesterday through Pastor Chindi. Please, get these teachings. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You, your first hearing is not enough. Please listen to these teachings over and over and over again. Amen. When our conversion ex, you know, demands that our preferences change too, being converted means total submission to God's will, to God's laws and demands. A point of doing as commanded, not as convenient. Mm. Obeying all, not some. Mm. Obeying all, not some. Whatsoever the Word of God says, get the understanding and begin to do it. Don't hear the Word of God, don't read the Word of God and argue over it. No, seek to get the understanding. Seek to get the understanding. I'm talking about the Word of God says, don't wear trousers. The Word of God says, don't wear trousers. Did you seek the understanding of that scripture? Or, you just read it and you were wrong. Praise the Lord. That is what we are saying. As believers, we must give ourselves to seeking the understanding of the word of God. It is in this understanding that we get that we can truly experience the life of Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll give you some scriptures for this understanding of complete changeover. 1 John 2 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. Colossians 1 and verse 13. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 to 9. Galatians five and verse eighteen and Galatians two and verse 13. Please study these scriptures for better understanding. Then we go over to the second phrase. Here we converted. That is one. And then he says you have to become like what little children. Now knowing that our conversion to followers of Christ entails fundamental change in the way we think about the kingdom of heaven it is also important for us to know what the new order of thinking should be and so that you know okay they say i should stop thinking the way i used to think before i came to pray. now i have to think differently but then what should i be thinking about or what new mindset am i supposed to have praise the lord that should be your next concern now Jesus said we are to become as little children before we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember from our definition, uh, the Taya's the, the, the definitions, it metaphorically defines little children as being children like in our intellect. Not in our attitude, not in our you know, way of life, our lifestyle, no, but in our mindsets in our intellect, praise the Lord. And you know, funny enough, the, the, the way we ask questions, even in our secular you know, in schools, when a student asks a question, you know whether this student is actually, you know, following the class or not. And in the church, we, we, we use the term, if this believer is actually growing or not. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like, you know, a believer asking questions like, if I find money on the floor, did I steal it? It's a, it's a it's a question emanating from an immature Christian. Or if my friend dies, he, le- he leaves his wife behind, and then she's now a widower uh, a widow, a widow, sorry, and then she's lonely. Can I help her? You know, helping in the sense of she, she needs emotional she's emotionally, you know, in need of And then you want to step in, meanwhile you have your own weapon, you're asking if it's the same. All those questions are immature questions. And it reveals one's level of maturity in Christ. Praise the Lord. So, as children or, or having a new mindset, it means that it is vital to our eternal, you know, our eternity to have a new mindset eternal in Christ. When you are in Christ, I mean we said it, your new creature status is an eternal one, Amen. So it deals with eternity. Amen. And this mindset you are going to be having is one that will help you for eternity. Praise the Lord. So at this time, the disciples and all who follow Jesus did not know about the new birth, like I said, and what it entails. But it is now revealed to us. So we now know it. As such, we are not supposed to be asking those kind of questions that they were asking. Everyone who is adopted in the family of God is adopted in the nature of God, having the status of sons, but receiving, you know, received into the kingdom of God as a babe. I will ask you to refer back to uh, the teachings by Pastor Chindi. Understanding the finished work of Christ, we have them on the podcast station please. Uh, one of those series on the spirit of adoption will help you, you know, in depth in this understanding of your status and um, the condition you are received into the kingdom of God. Amen. So to become as little children after conversion is to come into existence in the family of God as babes. It is not about if you were 70 year old before you gave your life to Christ and so if you came to Christ as a 70 year old madam means you are matured in Christ, no. You were still received in as a babe. I hear some people having problem with you know a 50 year old woman coming to a church where a 30 year old man is pastoring and then they have a problem with the pastor comfortable with the 50 year old woman calling him a father. There's actually no problem, okay? Because I'm going to make us understand something. then I drew from the scripture in 1 John chapter 2, and verse 13, to us the maturity stages, okay? That we also, that actually assist in the family of God. One is the little children, the other is young men or youth, and then the last one is, uh, I'll call it parenthood, okay? The scripture first John two and verse thirteen. us quickly read. First John two and verse thirteen says, I write to you fathers. Okay, let me write, let me read from verse twelve. It says, I write to you little children. Okay, this is the first level. Because your sins are forgiven you for your name for his namesake, excuse me. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. And I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked woman. I write unto you, little children, again, because you have known the yeah. father. Praise the Lord. So from this understanding, we know that there's a status for little children. Then we have status for young men. That's adults or, or yeah, young, young adults. Okay or youths okay and then we have status for parents which could be a male or a female okay so for the youths or little children from the, the from the scripture we realize that is coming into christ uh, you know afresh receiving the lordship of the lord jesus christ accepting him as a lord and personal savior asking Him to forgive your sins amen now you know the father praise the lord because you have been seen with the holy spirit through christ in you you know, and makes it possible for you to call him Abba, Father, Amen. Amen. Now, as young men or as youths, it reveals those who in union who are in union with Christ. You know, they are now mature, they have moved from step by step from being little children, okay, are now in union with Christ, sharing in the triumphs of his cross and his resurrection. So it, it, these are for believers who have come up to the understanding of you know the cross experience and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Are we together? Yes. The word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb are not loving their own lives. You get understanding from Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. Meaning these young adults, these youths, are those ones that are ready to be, you know, to be spent for the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, mm. So, you want to know if you are a young adult in Christ, are you ready to be spent for the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm. Are, you, are you ready to lose? Mm. Like Bishop Dark wrote a book, losing and uh, suffering, suffering, losing, losing and, and dying. And dying. Mm. Are you ready to suffer? Are you, rather, are you ready to lose? Are you ready to die for this gospel? Mm. Then you know that you have gotten to the level of young men. Mm. <laughs> praise the lord and then we get to the level of parenthood these are fathers and mothers not necessarily old okay but those who reproduce and raise children mm. so i will use the word disciples mm. those who have a relationship with the father who has existed from the beginning i mean if they tell you that i heard from god yes they have actually heard from the father yeah these are disciples. Mm. They, 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 they have, you know, by reason of exercise, by reason of experience, by reason of, you know, relationship and fellowship, they have, you know, like, like Abraham enjoyed it. They, they can, they, they know without mistaking that this is the father speaking. Mm. And, peradventure, the person is 30 years old, he's a father. Mm. If she is 28 years old, she's a mother to the 50 years old person. So please, let's stop being emotional. Let's stop being sentimental. And receive the word of God the way it's been delivered to us. Praise the Lord. And so, let's go back. Little children are little children because they have just come into the family of God. It doesn't matter their physical age. Amen. Amen. Now, children are known to be forgiven. Basically, you know, I have children, so I understand. Children are not to be forgiven. Sometimes it, it appears as they have don't know. You have scolded them, you disciplined them, and then they're trying to tell you, Mommy, I wasn't doing it, or I didn't do it. But you were so quick in your discipline that you have executed your discipline, and then you, you discover that, oh, I was wrong. You know, you tell them to forgive you. But before you know it, even before you ask them for forgiveness, they've actually forgiven you. Are we together? Children are easily forgiven. They forgive the wrongs people do to them. Are we together? Yeah. They, they just forgive. They may not forget the scenario, especially if you have a child that is very sensitive, but he forgives. Why? Well, you know he forgives because he flows. Yeah. He continues a relationship with him. Yeah. Are we together? Yeah. Children are known to be humble. They don't think themselves better than the other. We see pictures of, you know, a, a white child hugging a black child. Yeah. He knows nothing about racism. Mhm. Yes, because of his level of mentality, he may call the black child chocolate, mm-hmm. you know. But he you know in his in his plain sense or in his innocent sense, he doesn't see the chocolate as being black or inferior. Yeah. Are we together? Yeah. So, children are humble. Mm. They don't think themselves higher than. They are not arrogant. They are not lofty. When you come across children, to, children who are arrogant, who are lofty, check their environment. Yeah. They have been polluted. Yeah. Children are meant to be innocent. Are we together? Yeah. And then the third characteristics of little children is trusting. Trusting. If we go back to the scripture that we started with in Psalms, chapter 131. It says again in verse uh, verse 2. It says, Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. And verse 3 says, Let like Israel hope in the Lord. If you don't see yourself as a child, you cannot trust in him. You, you, you think yourself you know, higher than others or better than others. It is a what mentality to be a believer in the church amongst the fold, amongst other brethren and see yourself as something higher than others because in your own sense, you have some level of revelation. You call it Rema. You know, and you count yourself higher than others. Or you think because of your service that is the reason why you are your economic status is better than others' children. don't do that. Yeah. I mean, my daughter told me this morning, Mommy, I want to trip to school. We, we stay like, you know, at minimum, 35 minutes, minutes to 40 minutes drive from home to their school. And she's saying, I want to trek to school. Then I asked, why do you want to trek to school? She said, my classmates trip to school. Very innocent. Innocent. I wish as believers, I mean this this was the mindset that the first church had. Yeah. That was why they could give up what they had and share it among themselves. Mm. They gave up what they had and gave it to share it among themselves. But we have more ananias and safra in the church now. <laughs> They bring it not because they want to actually share, but they want to have some status. Okay, others are doing others also do. Mm. We're having more Ananias and Safira in the church. And that is not what God intends us to be in the family of God. Yeah. I told her why are they trekking to school, and she said, "My friends told me that they just love trekking." I said, "My dear, it is not true. You are too innocent. This is not true." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you see how what their innocence can make them do for mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, yeah. Can we be innocent like that? This is mm-hmm. what Jesus is expecting us to do. Mm-hmm don't think yourself higher than another. Praise the Lord. So these three characteristics, forgiving, being humble, and trusting, should be the characteristics of children in the family of God. Yeah. And do you know what? It will shock you to know that, it doesn't matter how you become a young man. It doesn't matter how you grow up to, be, to attain the status of parenthood in the family of God. Your children's status is very, very much fundamental. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't maintain it, if you cannot trust God anymore, if you cannot be humble again, if you cannot be forgiven anymore, you lose those status, unfortunately. Amen. Amen. So you don't lose that, you don't grow out of it, you know, in course, You don't grow out of the little children mindsets. You must maintain it. Praise the Lord. So two words and terms are used in the Greek for the phrase, little children. And they are paid on and technium when you go to the new 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 uh, testament these are the two words that will be used you know interchangeably for or well, at different times for little children when you go through all the renderings amen for the the, the gospels so from their definitions of paedon and technion, uh, we understand that jesus was telling them metaphorically to be children in their intellect like I'll be saying That is, forgiving, humble, and trusting. And to a greater degree, he was telling them to be more interested in becoming his disciples. Not just by being among the crowd, following him, okay, but learning his ways and doing his commandments. Jesus wanted them to know that the focus ought to be upon becoming as Christ, rather than seeking greatness among themselves. Unfortunately, even though Jesus has told us and revealed it to us, in the church, we are seeking greatness among ourselves. <laughs> Who is the greatest teacher? Mm. Who is the best teacher? Who is senior? Who is the father of others? Who is the biggest of biggest? Who is the prophet of prophets? Who is the this or that? Oh, God. Jesus is asking us to focus on him and mm. be more like him, mm. and not wanting to be the greatest mm. amongst ourselves. Mm. The Scripture tells us that we are what? Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Just imagine joint heirs, you know, having clash on the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? I mean, we are joint heirs, it's not that okay, by virtue of first or second son, third son. And I mean thank God that the kingdom of God is not in rankings or in levels. Then some of us will not even have a place in the Mm -hmm. Mm inheritance. But we belong to a family where we are all joint heirs. So it doesn't matter if you are tall or short, we are joint Mm heads. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or a millionaire, we are joint Mm heads. It doesn't matter if you are a mega pastor or a mini pastor, we are joint (laughs) heads. We are joint heirs. Who is the greatest, I'm not going to struggle down with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm just fine that you are a joint with me in Christ. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I if you want to break your head and concern yourself with great matters, your choice. <laughs> you see, Pastor said something during the teaching, I think two days ago. He said, sometimes we mistake, you know, because we are moving forward, we are not experiencing delay. Or because it goes, you are having some resource, then you are not experiencing delay. No. When you are unforgiving, when you are not humble, you are giving room to some, you know, to sin. Because you are going against the word of God. Mm -hmm. When you are not trusting God, you are giving room to sin. And sin produces what? Delay. So it doesn't matter in court the successes you think you are recording. It doesn't mean that you are not experiencing delay because you are falling forth. You know, sin, another definition for sin is going below the mark. If you are not trusting, like a child, if you are not forgiven like a child, if you are no longer humble, like a child, you have gone below the mark. And because of that, you will experience delay. You can't be moving forward in the direction that God has for you with delay. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And quickly touch the last one, which is humility. Praise the Lord. Humility, we get um, scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the Almighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Uh, we, uh, we used the scripture yesterday in the teaching, so I won't really go too much into the, the analysis of the scripture. Amen. It takes our conscious efforts to be humble. Yeah. It's your responsibility to be humble. And sincerely depending on our will to possess this childlike humility is almost, you know, impossible. You can't depend on I okay, this is a, you, you know you, you decide to analyze a child, you know. You just take use a child as an experiment That's okay, I think I want to be dreamed like this child. You know, your will can do it. Yeah. Your will can't do this. Praise the Lord. We have to depend on God for it. Okay. So your will to be humble gives you room to come under and remain under the mighty hand. Of God. It's good to have the choice, you know, to make the choice and will to be humble. But what it takes you to is just to come under the mighty hand, of God. while you allow the Holy Spirit to work your transformation to be humble the Lord. First, enabling us to embrace every self humiliating process and humbling process. You see, when you come under the idea of God, the there is nothing you cannot go through for you. Yeah. There is nothing. Jesus, while he was living, says, in this world, you have this, this, that, but he added to it persecution. Meaning that you will be insulted from you. Because of me being sorted. you know sometimes when we look back, you know, uh, like my experience, when we move to this mission field, we've, we've gone through a lot of experiences that, you know, when you look back at where you're coming from or the things we actually left behind, you will just look at the experience and say, it wouldn't have been if I was still where I was. Are yeah. we together. Yeah. For instance, the issue of accommodation. There are times we've had to move to, you know, using just a little space as a family, you know. And even in the little space, to even get the, 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 the fees to pay for the accommodation, at some point they were looking too challenging. Meanwhile, by the special grace of God, we are landowners and house owners. Praise the Lord. But then you are moved to a mission field and you are going through this kind of challenge. It is because of the Lord Jesus. I mean, one of the landlords told us the way I'm looking at you, you can't pay your rent. He, he looked at my husband and I said, the way I'm looking at you, you can't pay your rent. So look for how to move out. If we couldn't afford in his in his own mindset, as this mission, this missionaries cannot pay for two, just two, two cubes. <laughs> I will call them those two cubes that were actually squatting. But those are the situations we will go through. For the Lord Jesus, when you come under the mighty hand, oh. it takes humility to say, "Oh, if it takes me to live in your house for the Lord Jesus, I will." Oh. Some Christians see themselves when you live in Marshall, and then it's like you are going to a one-bedroom. Oh, hey, I am going backward, <laughs> but in the part of the shiny, of the righteous, of the righteous like a shining light, oh. shining more and more. Why will I move mean? from a three-bedroom to a one-bedroom? Then you lack understanding of process. Oh. You lack understanding in this aspect. Because your humility will be tested. That is how to exercise your, hum- your choice of being humble in the family of God. Oh. Because it will be tested. Yeah. You'll be tested. Every aspect of your c- character that you transform or you exercise, you know, in the direction of godliness and living the life of or the nature of God, which is holiness, will be exercised to be tested. You can't just assume the state of being a humble believer overnight. It will be tested, mm. and it's tested by your experiences, mm. by what you face. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. So, coming under the mighty, the mighty hand of God will enable us. It will strengthen us. It will give us, you know, the heart to embrace whatsoever self humiliating situation or process we may be going, we may go through. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. The more you yield to the the process under the mighty hand of God, the closer you draw toward the due time of your exaltation. Alleluia. He will only exalt those who are humble at heart. The amplified version of the same scripture, uh, okay, the the scripture in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 12, it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That is, set aside your self-righteousness, okay? Set aside self-righteous pride, so that He may exalt you to a place of honor in His service. So that he will exalt you to a place of honor in his service. So in the family of God, for you to be exalted, you must place yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he does this at the appropriate time. I just love the scripture. Let me read it again for you. He says, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the appropriate time. There is a timing for your exaltation. Oh. There is a timing when your humility has been tested and it has been tested to be true. Oh. Praise the Lord. Oh. Uh, the same scripture, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 33, B says, And before honor is what? Humility. humility. You want to be honored, you want to move from being little children to young men, then to parenthood, you must graduate in your humility. You must hold on to that humility and graduate in it. You don't leave humility behind because you are now a young man. You can now die for Christ. Then you are no longer humble. You are no longer humble. Then you have lost your 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 your, your honor. I we together. You see some pictures of some men of God who they say exists in our present day. That's whilst they are walking, people have to lie on the floor and then they walk on them. I mean it was only in Jesus' triumphant entry that actually they put clothes on the floor for him to walk oh. on or to ride on. Oh. But in as every other time that Jesus was walking in the midst of people, people didn't have to, you know, to to, to do all those kind of things for them to show respect to him. Are we together? Yeah. This is a show that you are losing your humility. Yeah. When you begin to do things that you know, ride on others in the family of God. It's a show that you are losing your humility. And we are not meant to lose our humility as we graduate, as we mature in the family of God. We are meant to do what graduates in our humility. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Right. Other scriptures that reveal the relationship between being exalted and uh, our humility, we see that in James chapter 4, verse 10, Proverbs 22, verse 4, Matthew 23, verse 12, Luke 14, 11, and Luke 18, 14. Again, James 4.10, Proverbs 282, verse 4, Matthew 23, verse 12, Luke 14 and verse 11, and then Luke 18 and verse 14. I would love to stop here today so that we don't get encumbered with too much information and too much knowledge. I want us to go back and, you know, have a, a deeper study with these scriptures I have been given and with 2 to have said, on this teaching to really ac- you know, assess our lives if we are truly being converted if we are really converted because it's one thing for you to give your life to christ it's another thing for you to truly be converted and we know this from these definitions and your status changed. have you given up the have you changed government your social circle are they still the same have they changed Your economic value in the kingdom of God is it still the same, or has it diminished or increased? You see, all these questions you need to ask yourself, and know if truly you are converted or not. Amen. At this point, we come to the end of this teaching, and I want us to make prayers for ourselves today. Amen. And the prayer will be that the Lord should help us to truly assess ourselves. You know. The Lord should help us. We have to be true to ourselves. You have to be true to yourself. Nobody else can tell you if you do. If you are doing it. You know some people say only God knows. Mm-hmm. Leave the only God knows to God's children. But for you, assess yourself. Mm-hmm. Assess yourself. Retreat and ask yourself. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be asking for the Lord to give us grace to retreat and ask and assess our lives as, you know, children the family of God as members of the family of God. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Father in the name of Jesus, we ask oh Lord that you grant us the grace to sit and retreat, assessing ourselves on our on our on our conversion status, our conversion states as children of God, in the name of Jesus. We want to move forward, we don't want to experience delay. And from the understanding of the teaching, we have discovered that if our conversion is not proper, it's not complete, then we we'll continue to experience delay as believers. Lord, we don't want to experience delay. And so we ask, O Lord, that you grant us the grace to really assess our lives, assess our status, assess our our our, 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 our level as since when we came to the family of God and where we are presently. In the name of Jesus. Help us, O Lord, to assess rightly and do the needful. In the name of Jesus. Help us to be transparent. Help us to be transparent. Help us to see ourselves the way we are. Help us, O Lord, to be truthful in our assessment. In the name of Jesus, and whatsoever our outcome come is, help us, O oh Lord, to do the needful. Help us, O oh Lord, to do the needful. Empower us, O oh Lord, to do the needful. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. By the grace of God, this teaching continues. This session of the Go For A Conference continues tomorrow. It might be me, it might be another teacher, but let's hold on to what we have received today. And then the next time we come, we'll grow and build upon it. Amen. Thank you for your time with us today. We expect you tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m. GMT or 10 a.m. GMT plus 1. Praise the Lord. And um, it shall be a great time again in God's presence. Thank you.